The Gracie Field Show. Rebroadcast for the servicemen and women of the United Nations with Lou Bring and his orchestra, Bill Goodwin, and Gracie's special guest of the evening. Now, here she is, the favorite of troops all over the world, our Gracie. Hello, everybody. Bless them all, bless them all, the long and the short and the tall. Bless all the sergeants, the sourpuss ones. Bless all the corporals and their dopey sons, cause we're saying goodbye to them all. As back to the barracks they crawl. No ice cream and cookies for flat footed rookies, so cheer up, my lads, bless them all. They say that in camp you can have a swell time. Oh, we've heard it all before. Kicked out of bed to scrub up the barrack room floor. A private has really no privacy now. We're all behind the eight ball. We'll get no promotion this side of the ocean. So cheer up, my lads, bless them all. Bless them all. Bless them all. The guys who have answered the call. The best bunch of seamen that you've ever seen. The men who are manning our merchant marine. Yes, we owe a big debt to them all. For the troops and munitions they haul. Are showing her Hitler his chances get littler each time they put out bless them all. Everyone knows what a job they've done. The whole blinking lot bless them the first time Joe and I went to the cinema together. <laughs> Joe took me to the movies the other evening. It was fine. They called it The Betrayal and the acting was divine. It's the best film that they've had for years round at the Hippodrome and it's a good job I took my handkerchief with me when I left home. Oh, it was a lovely picture and I did enjoy it so. Oh, so much in all my life When the villain seized the maiden Everybody shouted, oh Oh, I never cried so much in all my life He promised he would wed her And would ever hold her dear But once the marriage vows were signed He leered an evil leer Then took her home and hung her From the parlor chandelier Oh, I never cried so much in all my life It takes a lot to make me cry But oh dear, when I start And think of what that girl went through I'm like a water cart I see her eyes, I hear her voice at night When I'm in bed And here's a scene I'll never, never get out of my head as she faced the blinding snowstorm and came trudging through the town. Oh, I never cried so much in all my life. Oh, and when I saw her carrying her baby upside down. Oh, I never cried so much in all my life. 
She lingered near the rose and crown. The wind was howling wild. When up the street her husband came, the father of her child. So she tapped him for a tanner for a pint of old and mild. Oh, I never cried so much in all my life. <laughs> oh, dear, I can't stop. Out in the San Fernando Valley at the Warner Brothers studio, they're giving top billing to a modest young man who is going up the ladder of success as if equipped with jet propulsion. Besides burning a name for himself in cinematic circles, he is also sparking his own radio program with his special brand of crossfire and flaming wit, which should give you an idea that this lad is arson with a capital C, Jack Carson. Gee, Gracie, thank you. Thank you very much. You know, for being in Hollywood such a short time, you... Certainly have my character down pat. <laughs> Did I say it like you told me? Yes. Uh, no, no. I, I mean, you're kidding, of course. But since you've been so nice to me, Gracie, I'm going to do something for you. Oh, that's fine. Just what are you going to do? Well, it's, it's kind of tough for a newcomer in Hollywood, so I thought, I thought I'd offer, offer my services to help you get a start. Mm, the first time I saw you, you gave me quite a start. <laughs> you better be nice to me, because Warner Brothers are just about to make me a producer. They are? Certainly. Only yesterday I overheard Jack Warner say, Carson's been on this lot for five years. It's about time he started producing. <laughs> well, I don't think they're giving you enough help at Warner Brothers. Why do you say that? Uh, didn't I hear something about you having to make your own bed? Hmm? Oh, no, 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 no. That, that was the name of the picture, Gracie, Make Your Own Bed. I was an undercover man at it. Oh, <laughs> uh, that must be why I didn't see you. Well, you should have. I was all through the picture. Yes, when I saw it, I imagined you were all through. Yes. <laughs> Gracie, you, you, you may not know this, but out at Warner Brothers, they say I'm another Mickey Rooney. Did they really say Mickey Rooney? Yeah, well, come to think of it, maybe they just said I was a Mickey. <laughs> if you want the truth, Jack, I really enjoy your pictures. They all have such happy endings. All of them have happy endings? Yes, and I'm always happy when they end. <laughs> well, the trouble with you, Gracie, is that you're too close to the business. Now, if you want the right reaction, you've got to ask somebody that is not in show business. All right, we'll ask somebody that knows nothing about acting. Oh, let's not drag Bill Goodwin into this. <laughs> Just a moment, please. Now, look, Carson, the last part I had in pictures called for some real acting. Yeah, and from what I hear, it's still calling. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't talk if I were you. As a comedian, you couldn't even make a hyena laugh. Can I help it because you don't know what's funny? Boys, 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 this is much ado about nothing. Yes, yes, I know, because regardless of Goodwin's opinion, all my friends tell me I have a world of talent. Small world, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> For your information, it may interest you to know that I have the greatest feminine following of any actor in Hollywood. No. How do you stand with girls? Well, just as close as possible. That's what I thought. <laughs> it, might, it might surprise you to know that a girl chased me for two blocks this afternoon before she finally caught up with me. I let her beg me for a while, but I finally gave in. You kissed her? No, I bought another war bond. <laughs> but look, Gracie. Gracie, what do you think of having me as your leading man in your next picture? I'd rather think of Charles Boyer. Oh, look, when it comes to making love, I start in where Boye leaves off. Hmm, that would be like eating crackers after eating cake. Yeah. 
Listen to this, Tracy. Ah, mon chéri. I will meet you tonight in the Casbah. Yes. At 8 o'clock, I will be in the Casbah, knocking on the door like this. What's that? I am knocking on the Casbah door. Jack, but I don't think you'd fit in my next picture. You don't, eh? Well, then how about, how about you being in mine? You know, I think you and I'd make a wonderful team. You see, our careers have been alike. We both started out the same. Not quite. I started as a baby girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, what I mean is that we both started... We both started in small towns, and look how far you've come. Yes, look how far you've come. Yes, and you've been in vaudeville. Yes, and you've been in vaudeville. Yes, and I think you're the greatest actress in the world. Yes, and I think I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> we lost a thought there someplace. <laughs> but look, Gracie, you work with me, and in a week I'll make you the idol of Hollywood, in a month the idol of America, and in a year... I'll be idle. <laughs> no, 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 Gracie, this part I've got for you is sensational. It's a gangster picture. You start out as a brunette... And you end up as an ash blonde. What makes me an ash blonde? The boys use your head to put out cigarette butts. <laughs> it's a beautiful scene. Now, as you enter the scene, you talk out of the side of your mouth. You mean I talk like this, butch? No, no, that's the wrong side. You talk out of the left side of your mouth. Why? Because your cigar's on the right side. <laughs> oh, and as a gangster's mall, I suppose I carry a gittin. A gittin? That's a small gat, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I see you're right up there on that gangster dialect. Now, look, look. In the scene, I'm taking it on the land. As I go out the door, a cop trails me. I shoot the bull. You certainly do. He... <laughs> I was supposed to have some laughs in here. <laughs> after, after I shoot the bull... Then we go into our song together. Oh, you do sing, too. Oh, sure, sure. When I first went to work at the studios, they were all after me to sing. So I sang. What happened? They were all after me. <laughs> no wonder. <clears throat> imagine you, imagining that you can sing, and taking the place of a fella called Pink. But imagine we are singing opera. The soprano is you, and the tenor is me. Ridi Pagliaccio! What am I laughing at? When you try to sing harmony, you're bad, bad, bad. And if you think you're hitting high C, you're mad, mad, mad. When we're acting all over the place, it's ham, ham, ham. So before we're a total disgrace, let's scram, scram, arrangement of I'll get by as long as all 
long as I have you. I may be far away, it's true, say what can I do, I'll get by as long as I school was hit your wagon to a star. But nowadays it's a little different. That old saw has been brought up to date and it comes up modern in Lou Bring's special arrangement of Swinging on a Star. Would you like to swing on a star? Carry moonbeams home in a jar and be better off than you are. Or would you rather be a mule? A mule is an animal with long, funny ears. He kicks up at anything he hears. His back is brawny, but his brain is weak. He's just plain stupid with a stubborn streak. And by the way, if you hate to go to school, you may grow up to be a mule. What would you like to swing on a star? Carry moonbeams home in a jar. And be better off than you are. Oh, would you rather be a pig? A pig is an animal with dirt on his face. His shoes are a terrible disgrace. He's got no manners when he eats his food. He's fat and lazy and extremely rude. But if you don't care a feather or a fig, you may grow up to be a... Oh, would you like to swing on a star, carry moonbeams home in a jar, and be better off than you are? Or oh, would you rather be a fish? A fish won't do anything but swim in a brook. He can't write his name or read a book. To fool the people is his only thought. And though he's slippery, he still gets caught. But then if that sort of life is what you wish, you may grow up to be a fish. And all the monkeys aren't in the zoo. Every day you meet quite a few. So you see, it's all up to you. You can be better than you are. You could be swinging on the star. (laughs) 
after swinging from a star, suppose we swing down into a little English community in Herefordshire during the pre-invasion months. Ah, that's what I like about radio. It's so flexible. It's a lot more flexible than the lady I want you to meet. She was, uh, Mrs. Frisbee Kavanaugh. <laughs> Somebody ought to do something about that. Ah, but she had a very beautiful daughter named Joan, just 18 years old. I could do something about that. <laughs> you might if you were an American soldier named Buzz Anders. You see, Jack, it was on account of Buzz that Joan hurried home from an afternoon of entertaining U.S. soldiers at an English canteen. She entered the house, her face flushed with excitement. Uh, good afternoon, Miss Joan. You're home early today. Yes, I left the canteen early. Where's Mother? She's in the library. She's not feeling at all perky, you know. Oh, yes, I know. She still feels rather badly because she didn't win the first prize with her polyanthus rose this year. But she'll get over it. Uh, let us hope soon, miss. Is that you, Joan, dear? Oh, hello, Mother. Say you look awfully beat. You shouldn't worry so much about not getting that icky prize ribbon. I think the judges were a bunch of drips anyway. Oh, Joan, dear, wherever do you acquire phrases like that? I know, from the Americans. <laughs> well, we can't work at the canteen long and not pick up the English language. The English language, indeed. I pride myself on speaking English. And half the time, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Darling, that's because you just aren't hip. I wonder sometimes if the canteen work is good for you. That isn't the point. It's good for them. You can see that those boys want a touch of home life. The way they look at you. In my opinion, that look is not for home life. <laughs> Mother, you just don't know them. Wait till you see Buzz. Buzz? Yes, Mother. I, I, well, I've invited him here as my guest, so you're not going to insult him, are you? No, of course not. But I shall make him understand that although we are both on the same side as allies, we are different socially. Just different. <laughs> well... Why don't you wait till you meet him before you put him behind the eight ball? Behind the eight ball? Oh, oh, here he is now. Please be nice to him while I change. Oh, very well. Uh, Childers, answer the front door. Uh, yes, madam, immediately, madam. You're too late, Pops. I'm in. <laughs> so I see, sir. May I take your hat, sir? Oh, why, well... The door was unlocked, so I just walked right in. I see you did. Is it customary in America just to walk into other people's homes? I couldn't wait for Pops. I wanted to get in here while I was still young. <laughs> I'm sure nobody is in that big of a hurry. I am. I only got a six-hour pass. <laughs> maybe maybe I ought to introduce myself. I'm, uh, I'm Buzz Anders. Buzz Anders? No, 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 no. Two words. Buzz and Anders. Buzz like and be. <laughs> and you, uh, you're Joan's mother, I take it. Or, uh... Can't you take it? <laughs> I am Mrs. Frisbee Kavanaugh. Well, press the flesh, Mrs. Frizz. <laughs> Did uh, Joan get home yet? My daughter is dressing. Well, tell her to go slip in a banana peel and come on down. What? <laughs> what? That's just a gag, Mrs. Frisbee Kavanaugh. I made it all on account of the atmosphere you got here. <laughs> hey, look at that old coat of arms. Suit of armor. Huh? Oh, sure, I get mixed up. Suit, coat. <laughs> Hollow, isn't it? My old man used to have one in his study. Kept hooching it during Prohibition. <laughs> this house, if you're interested, goes back to the Duke of Wellington. Goes back? What's the matter? Isn't it paid for? <laughs> I see what you mean. Don't mind me, Mrs. Fritz. 
I was hoping I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty familiar with the Duke myself. Every Saturday night, I used to cut a rug with the Duke of Ellington. <laughs> the Duke of Ellington? Was he in Parliament? No, in the Palladium. <laughs> See, you know, Mrs. Frizz, I always said that the English weren't so gummy once you got to know them. Gummy? Yeah, you know, stuck up, stiff, no laughs. Because then where, where would you get such a guy as Bob Hope? You know, his family lives here. Oh, he's a wireless comedian, isn't he? Uh... <laughs> well, I don't know whether he's wired, but he's sure a riot. <laughs> Ever hear him? No. Uh, well, I guess you wouldn't know. <laughs> Say, uh, Joan must be having quite a tussle with that bustle. <laughs> I uh, guess we just sit and converse till rigor mortis sets in. <laughs> How do you find our English weather, Mr. Uh, Buzz? There's no question about finding it. Just go outdoors and it hits you right in the face. <laughs> yes, I imagine to those who haven't been about, the climate is a little severe. Oh, uh, the climate's all right, but I notice you have some very beautiful uh, roses here. Oh, thank you. My polyanthus have always taken first prize in this country until this year. Yeah, I, I noticed they got a touch of mildew. <laughs> but look, Mrs. Fraser, I can give you a good tip about polyanthus. Oh, do you know something about growing them? Well, sure. You should never grow polyanthus in the same bed with crimson ramblers. Maybe, maybe you're right, because I only put those crimson ramblers in this year. How do you know so much about roses? Well, I, I've lived with roses. Well, grew up with them. Back in Boston, I had my own bed full of climbing moss, sweetbriars, bourbons, polyanthus. That's, uh, that's why they call me Buzz at camp. Mm -hmm. I'm always buzzing around flowers. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize that Americans cared much for flowers. You didn't? Haven't you ever heard of the Rose Bowl contest? <laughs> <laughs> they draw 90,000 people. 90,000? Yeah. Why, that's more than go to Ascot. Yeah, and there's a Billy Rose that made a fortune. <laughs> to learn about each other, English and Americans, eh, what? Yeah, I, Buzz? I guess so, but just providing we don't learn too much. <laughs> I, I say, how would you like to help me cure those polyanthus, Buzz, <laughs> so you and I can take first prize next year? Sure thing. And f first, we need a nice, mild poison like potassium sulfide. We'll go get it now. Okay, Mrs. Frizz, come on. You know, Buzz, you can tell a lot about a person's character from flowers. Now, you take anybody who loves roses. Well, I would say they're always a bit of all right, you know. <laughs> Childers. Uh, yes, miss. Oh, my little scheme worked. Uh, the young man seems to know a good deal about roses, miss. <laughs> well, he ought to. For a week, I've been making him study up on them, and even at that, it took me two hours this morning to teach him how to say polyanthus. I see. Uh, very clever. Uh, and if I may say so, miss, you're definitely cooking on all four burners. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a little medley about messages that I'd like to leave with you, so you'll keep in mind how important they really are. I came here 
Copper Joe. He wants me to let you know he can't keep that date with you tonight. So I came here to talk for Joe. Gee, that kid sure loves you so. And when he gets the chance, he said he'd write. That boy has so much courage. I've seen the things he can do, but he never had the courage to tell you how he feels about you. He's got a perfect alibi. He can't be here and in the sky. So I came here to talk for Soldier wrote a letter to his sweetheart, and this is how the letter started out. I'm writing you, my love, from the island of. Then the words were crossed out, and when he tried to tell her of the weather, it only gave her more to guess about. He said, "You may not know, but the nights are so." Then the words were crossed out. I hope everything at home is fine. The letter went on to say, and then, then there was another line that the censor would not okay. But when she read the ending of his letter, it ended every foolish little doubt. The words she longed to know were, "I love you so." <laughs> They didn't cross out. I saw peaceful old valley with a carpet of corn for a floor, and I heard a voice within. Whisper, this is worth fighting for. I saw a little old cabin and the river that flowed by the door, and I heard a voice within me whisper, this is worth fighting for. Didn't I build that cabin? Around me, and I gazed at each face I adored. Then I heard that voice within me thunder, "This is what I." For being with us tonight, and I'll be looking forward to seeing you all again next Sunday, when our guest will be that well-known gentleman who leads the life of Riley, Mr. William Bendix. 
And to all the boys, this is Gracie saying good night to you all and God bless you wherever you are. This is the Armed Forces Radio Service.